Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. My name is Ben Davison and it is Sunday the 12th of March in the year 2023. I hope wherever you are around Australia or indeed around the world, you're having a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And of course, we are an award-winning podcast. That's right, the week on Wednesday with Van Batham and myself, Ben Davison, won a Fringe Award at the Adelaide Fringe Festival. We are now entering our final week at Adelaide Fringe and we have a huge, huge guest coming up. Kayam Ma, who is the Attorney General, Minister for Industrial Relations and Minister for Aboriginal Affairs in South Australia, who has passed and created the first voice to an Australian Parliament in the history of our Commonwealth. Kayam will join Van and I in the yurt on Wednesday uh, out the back of the Migration Museum for the Adelaide Fringe. You can still get your tickets if you go to adelaidefringe.com.au, search for Van Batam or Week on Wednesday. And of course, the links will be in all of our social media pages as well. There's so much going on in the world. I have to start by saying I watched Insiders so you don't have to this week. They focused most of their attention on the AUKUS nuclear submarine deal. It seems like a strange choice given we are two weeks out from the New South Wales state election. We are three weeks out from the Aston by-election. We have a record number of interest rate rises in a row. That's 10 that's happened this week. More and more political and economic commentary is focusing in on the fact, the fact that 69% of the inflation crisis is being caused by profiteering, yet insiders chose to spend most of its time on AUKUS. We should also mention that the RoboDebt Royal Commission wrapped up this week and the commissioner made a point of saying that the mainstream media's coverage of the RoboDebt Royal Commission had been patchy at best, allowed for all the usual uh, issues around why that might be, commercial interest, da 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 but pointed out that social media, and in particular people tweeting, had managed to keep people up to date with what was going on. The only mention that the RoboDebt Royal Commission got on Insiders was briefly talking about the culture of the public service. Now, I have to say... Culture is set from the top. Anyone who's done the AICD course, David Spears, will know that culture is set from the top. It's set by the leadership. So this idea that somehow or another the public service has a cultural problem, well, we can quite clearly and distinctly pin that on Scott Morrison and his gaggle of ministers who served in that portfolio. Talking here about Stuart Robert, Alan Tudge, Christian Porter, the list goes on. There is no doubt that robo-debt is one of the greatest scandals in living memory. Insiders devoted all of about 90 seconds to discussing it and focused on the culture of the public service. Now, Junior members of the public service did raise concerns. There were even some senior members of the public service who raised concerns. They were moved on, shifted around, and in some cases lost their careers entirely. Stuart Robert is still a member of Peter Dutton's front bench. Still a member of Peter Dutton's front bench. And in fact, 
He is the shadow minister with responsibility for superannuation. Where has he been during the last couple of weeks of debate around this very small change to superannuation that will raise $2 billion from the 80,000 richest accounts in the country? Absent, missing, in hiding, witness protection. These are all terms that I think are appropriate to describe Stuart Roberts' current situation. Of course, Robertette's not the only big story that's going on. In two weeks' time, New South Wales will hopefully have a new government. Chris Minns and the Labor Party are campaigning hard to improve schools, to improve hospitals, to improve education and health outcomes, to improve public transport, to stop the absolute rorts and rip-offs that are bleeding people in Western Sydney and outlying towns, cities. I'm thinking here about places like Wollongong and Newcastle. Anytime anyone wants to go to Sydney who doesn't already live in the northern suburbs, they are bled by by tolls. Now, of course, Chris Minns has promised to ban privatisation whereas the Liberals are quite proud of privatisation. They see it as an integral part of their economic model because it is, because it is. These are neoliberals. These are Friedmanite economic ideologues. We saw it this week. We saw it this week. The long-running rail dispute seems to be settled because of the intervention of independent umpires saying that the wages cap is simply unacceptable. It is an artificial deflator of wages in our economy. Dominic Perrottet and his government, and keep in mind he was treasurer under the last premier as well, so Dominic Perrottet and his government have deliberately been suppressing wages in the New South Wales economy. Now, if you think oh, that's just in the public sector, that doesn't impact me because I work for a business, think again, good friend. Anyone, anyone can tell you that what happens in the public sector because it's such a large employer has a flow-on effect. That is why it's so important to support teachers. It's why it's so important to support nurses and healthcare workers and transport workers and other government-employed workers in their wage struggles because it does flow on and their support in your wage struggles mean your wages will go up too. Now seems like as good a time as any to remind you that if you're not already a union member, join right now. If you're listening to this podcast, get on your phone, get on your laptop, get on your tablet, go to australianunions.org.au slash wow, that's W-O-W, and join your union because it's the unions of the RTBU, of the New South Wales Teachers Federation, of the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association that have stood firm against the attacks of the Health uh, Services Union, who have stood firm against the attacks of the United Workers Union, who have stood firm against the attacks of the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union, of the Electrical Trades Union, who have stood firm against the attacks on wages in New South Wales perpetrated by Dominic Perrottet and his government, 
over the last decade and who have extracted from Chris Minns and the Labor opposition commitments on wages, on jobs, on cost of living relief, on more teachers in schools, on more nurses and more healthcare workers, on improving manufacturing. Do you know, if you're not in New South Wales, you may not know this, it struck me as just unbelievable. Of course, I live in the great Labor state of Victoria, but in New South Wales, they don't build their own trains. They have the capacity, but they don't build them. They buy them from overseas. They're so proud of the ferries that putter around on the harbour, but they don't build them in New South Wales. They buy them from overseas. There's been billions reinstalling what they call light rail. We call them trams in Victoria, but they buy them from overseas. The Dominic Perrottet government is obsessed, obsessed with keeping the people of New South Wales in a state of poverty and fear. In fact, there's an article out today that says, think of your children and vote liberal. I mean, I could barely bring myself to say those words. Think of your children. If you want to think of your children and their future, you want to vote Labor. Vote Labor for better schools, for more teachers, for better support in schools, for a future that doesn't involve spending half your wages on paying tolls to get to a job where you're underpaid and, quite frankly, likely to be outsourced to an overseas company anyway. I mean, the list of issues goes on. Of course, despite insiders spending so much time talking about AUKUS, there is the small matter of a by-election in Aston, where disgraced former robo-debt minister Alan Tudge has been essentially forced to step down. He's very teary uh, performance in Parliament about how hard it was for him to be the Minister for Robo-Debt and how difficult he found all of the criticism of his performance as he persecuted and publicly vilified some of the most vulnerable members of our community was quite frankly disgraceful. The man's resignation should have happened a year ago. It should have been forced by then Prime Minister Scott Morrison. But of course, we know Morrison is the moral equivalent of a black hole, a giant vacuum in space that simply sucks matter in and scatters it across the furthest reaches of the universe. Well, Alan Tudge's career, as it turns out, is no exception to that rule, and now he's gone. Mary Doyle is the Labor candidate for Aston. The Liberals have done a deal with One Nation who will not be running a candidate. That is, the One Nation will not be running a candidate in Aston. And why is this? Well, because if you follow these things as closely as I do, as closely as insiders probably should be, you would know that when One Nation runs a candidate, it actually bleeds primary votes from the Liberal Party and they don't all flow back on preferences. So there are occasions like this by-election where it's in the Liberals' interest for One Nation not to run. There are some very few instances where it's in the Liberals' candidate for, for One Nation to run, but in this case, it clearly would be a drain on their primary vote and may, in fact, help Mary Doyle. Now... You can have whatever arguments you like about the preferencing system. The Liberals know how to game it very, very well. Mary Doyle, of course, is running on a strong Labor platform, supporting things 
like the National Reconstruction Fund, a $15 billion fund to help rebuild jobs here in Australia. All those jobs that Dominic Perrottet helped send overseas, the Albanese Labor government wants them here in Australia. We want to be making things here. We want to be training people here. We need more apprentices, more trainees. We need more investment in the renewable energy bonanza that is around the corner. We have all of the raw equipment, all of the raw materials, all of the inputs that's one that a nation could require. Very few countries have as much sun and wind as we do. Almost none have as much coastline. There is ample opportunity for renewables in this country. The investment is what is needed. And quite frankly, that needs to be government-led. We know that billionaires will not save us from the climate catastrophe. We must save ourselves as a democracy. Mary Doyle understands this. She also understands the cost of living pressures that Australian families are under. She is the very definition of the working class battler, has worked her way up in life to the point where she's now running in, for parliament. I mean, it's quite a remarkable story. I've worked with Mary for most of the last decade in various roles. She has held, she has absolutely absolutely done the hard yards here. And of course, Labor is promising to do more on early childhood education, a big cost. Remember the last time we had disinflation or deflation, if you will? It was when early childhood education was made free. Let's face it, the Reserve Bank is not going to tame the supply side problems of inflation. That is the profiteering side. That is the short the problems with supply lines by raising interest rates. Hasn't happened in the US, who've raised even more quickly than we have here in Australia. Hasn't happened in the UK, and it's not going to happen here. What we need is government action. What we actually also need is the Reserve Bank to stop with the ideological kicking of working people and support government doing some real intervention. Things like reducing or even making free early childhood education, improving both the outcomes for children as they go through into education, supporting them with proper funding and support and resources in our public schools. Did you know our public schools are not given the minimum level of resources they require? I mean, this is just phenomenally outrageous. Public schools in this country do not get the minimum resourcing they require under a bipartisan agreement. This is, this is, I think, absolutely scandalous. Private schools in this country are resourced beyond the minimum standard because not only do they have the money of parents who are suckered into paying for the same educational outcomes they would get in a public school, they also get public funding. Public schools who rely on public funding are not given those minimum resources, despite having better NAPLAN outcomes, despite having equal outcomes at a secondary level. Public schools are doing more with less, and yet we expect them to continue to provide a pipeline for our future skilled workers 
whether that be in healthcare, whether that be in higher education, whether that be in the clean energy revolution or advanced manufacturing, or even the sorts of people who might go into, say, finance or the legal profession, some of whom I'm sure are good people as well. They're the sorts of things we need to invest in. We need to be investing in building the capacity of this country. It's very strange, very, very strange that none of this, none of this has featured in Insiders this week. Brief mention of RoboDebt, a brief sort of joking mention about the New South Wales state campaign at the end of the episode. I want to say as well, Matt Keane, who is the current New South Wales Treasurer, has suggested that the Teal Independence challenging the Liberals in the state election should be smeared in black oil. Interesting choice of words there, Matt Keane. It was only four days ago that Matt Keane, amongst all of us, was celebrating International Women's Day, International Working Women's Day, as we like to think of it here on the week on Wednesday. Four days later, Matt Keane, not even four days later, Matt Keane is essentially saying that the Teal Independents, who are, of course, women, should be smeared in black oil. It is just a continuous attack against women from the Liberal Party. They have not learned their lesson. They will not learn their lesson. They are an ideological vacuum. They And, and I just... I'm so enraged this morning because, you know, it's a long weekend and you get up and you watch Insiders and they spend 45 minutes talking about nonsense, talking about who will crew submarines that will come online when I'm retired. This is just ridiculous. There are so many big issues before the parliament. This week, They made it so that sexual harassment in the workplace is illegal. They've put the emphasis on the employer. They've put it in the Fair Work Commission's jurisdiction to deal with sexual harassment in the workplace. These are things that actually will change people's lives. Instead, Insiders has John Keogh and Rosie Lewis, someone from the boss's pamphlet and a Murdoch mouthpiece, just spouting glib throwaway lines of neoliberal ideology. I felt bad for Lenore Taylor, who genuinely did try and engage on some of the actual real issues, particularly around robo-debt. But quite frankly, Spears was so into the AUKUS issue and they they interviewed an American congressman who serves on the committee that looks at this issue. And really asking him continuously, but who will they, who will be in charge of the boats? Well, it's the same as any joint military exercise, David. I mean, this is the problem. Insiders is supposed to be looking at the political inside track. What's going on? We've just had a parliamentary sitting week and they gave about 90 seconds to the reconstruction fund during which John Keogh mouthpiece of the boss's pamphlet, the AFR, basically said, oh, you can't trust government to do anything, really. It's all about the markets. Well, honest 
to goodness, John. If that were true, then we wouldn't have record profits for all of your key advertisers while we suffer from record real wage cuts. We would actually have a balanced market. But neoliberalism doesn't work. It's a failed ideology. 40 years of evidence accumulated and these people just ignore it and continue to spout the same nonsense. And David Spears just goes off on submarines. It's it's like David Spears' boy's own adventure over there. I mean, at some point, insiders either needs to be about what's actually going on inside government and inside the political system and talk about by-elections and talk about the New South Wales state election and talk about actually what went wrong with robo-debt and who is actually responsible and what should happen to those former ministers. Or it just needs to be the David Spears happy time hour where he goes and talks about whatever nonsense he happens to think is important that day. I mean, David and Richard Miles and Peter Dutton can all sit around together and have a good old-fashioned conversation about why submarines are so wonderful. That's good. That's fine. That's happy times for them. The rest of us are living in the real world where living standards are going backwards, corporate profits are going up, the ability of the working person in this country to pay their mortgage or to pay their rent is severely under stress. We have more people living in their cars, more people working multiple jobs, and yet still going backwards. That's the story for insiders. That's what's going on politically. That's what's going on economically. So until the ABC sorts itself out, shakes itself down, and goes, what is really happening here? I can't see how their ratings are going to improve. Now, on Wednesday, Van and I are going to talk to Kyam Ma about The Voice. Kyam's also the Minister for Industrial Relations and the Attorney General of South Australia. Hopefully, he'll have some really interesting insights about what they're doing in South Australia when it comes to industrial relations as well as The Voice, because these things are tangible. They're all tangible things. Undoubtedly, South Australia is looking forward in 20 years' time to having those boats built in Australia. Nobody doubts that we need sovereign capability. I started this show talking about the fact that New South Wales under Dominic Perrottet has gutted its sovereign capability and the fact that the boats are supposedly going to be based in Port Kembla is undoubtedly going to improve the economic circumstances of Port Kembla. But these things are on never-never timelines. Somebody posted a clip from 2015 of Senator Madigan saying submarines are the spaceships of the sea. Here we are eight years later still talking about more submarines. There's been not one new submarine added to the fleet in the intervening eight-year period. We have to focus on what's really going on. And what's really going on is the economy is jerry-rigged against working people. The Reserve Bank is fundamentally punishing working people and helping the profiteers. Jim Chalmers is releasing a report on the Productivity Commission. A Productivity Commission, which is run by a former advisor to Liberal Party leader Matthew Guy, 
Productivity Commission, which has consistently pushed a neoliberal narrative of productivity. And despite worker productivity being up, that is labor productivity being up, consistently attacked productivity levels in this country without specifying that it is capital productivity. It is the laziness of money in this country that is the problem. So hopefully Jim Chalmers' report this week, apparently it's a 1,000 pages long, will highlight that it is the boss's pamphlet and the people who sponsor it that are the problem in this country. They are not the solution, that it is working people's sacrifice that carried us through the pandemic and that it is high time that in New South Wales they elect a Labor government and that Labor governments in every state mainland, state and territory, and at the Commonwealth level, deliver for working people. And that means intervening. That means policy that puts working people first. From early childhood to primary school, to secondary school, to TAFE, to university, to their first job, through to their last job and into retirement, whether they need the NDIS or the age pension, whether they need public transport or better roads. Working people deserve governments that will take a stand for them. And that's what insiders miss today. It's what it misses every single week. And quite frankly, given I had to get up on a Sunday morning of a long weekend to watch David Spears talk to a no-name congressman from a foreign country, I've had a gutful. That's my rant for this Sunday. I hope wherever you are, you're enjoying a restful long weekend. And if you're listening to this after the long weekend, I hope that you will come and join Van and I in the yurt at the Adelaide Fringe. Our award-winning podcast will have its last live show for 2023 in Adelaide Fringe this Wednesday, 5 o'clock in the yurt. We will be joined by Kaya Ma talking about The Voice, talking about what's going on in South Australia. Very much looking forward to it. Kaya is a lovely, lovely person. We've had a couple of brief conversations and I'm really looking forward to having a much more in-depth conversation about just how South Australia has prosecuted and is going to implement a voice to parliament in that state and the lessons we can learn for the national referendum about what we need to make sure that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people are recognised and consulted in our through our constitution with the voice. So until Wednesday, don't forget to read Van's articles in The Guardian, pick up a copy of Gen F by Alison Pennington. Van launched uh, Alison's book in Adelaide this week. It's a fantastic read. You should check that out. Uh, you can Don't forget to buy tickets to the show if you're in Adelaide. If you're not in Adelaide, you can still support our podcast. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash week on Wednesday. We've had lots of people in the last month become supporters. All of that money goes back into the show and building our audience, we're rapidly approaching 800,000. It's an incredible, incredible outcome, and you should all be very proud of your efforts there. Congratulations on helping build what is one of Australia's most successful left-wing, unashamedly left-wing podcasts. 
And then, of course, you can listen to Van and I after we do the show live on Wednesday. So until then, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to each other, and vote yes to The Voice.